Good morning. It's uh, so lovely to be standing here this morning uh, in the name of, of Jesus, uh, giving testimony for his, his work in my life and healing. Uh, I had a, a nasty fall on the 5th of February. Um, we're now on the 19th of May and uh, I'm making a good recovery, still not able to no, I am able to drive, but not allowed to drive. <laughs> they're, they're two subtly different things, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the degree of healing is wonderful. I'm, I'm in uh, no pain at all. And uh, look, I'm, uh, I'd say I'm three-quarters Pentecostal now. This side, 50% Pentecostal. <laughs> and this side, 25% Pentecostal. But it, it's, it's going up, yeah? So I... I, I I praise God. It's been lovely to have a week of prayer. I, I hope as many as could have um, joined with us day by day. It's like sometimes like you know, reading the Bible through a year. If you miss a day, you can, you can give up, can't you? But if you, it doesn't matter if you haven't done all seven days. But today is, is perhaps as, it's more important than most because uh, it, 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 is about, it is about loving Jesus. And that's what I'm going to talk about. And at the very end, when I've spoken, there we've got a, just a, uh, a three-minute song I'd like us just to listen to, and to, that it might be a prayer to us. Um, but God is good, isn't he? Yeah. Tell me what living water is. What is living water? You all know what water is? Jesus didn't promise water. He promised something different. He promised living water. Now, you, you don't need to be a rocket scientist, do you? And this, uh, the living water must be water that gives life, isn't it? So he gives us something that gives us life. That demands an early hallelujah, isn't it? If God... Oh, Dave, thank you for, for that. That was seriously scary, this, this men's weekend, for someone like me. But it's great. <laughs> but it's living. He could give me living water to go on the gathering, couldn't he? Yeah. I don't know. I'd get up that wall at the moment. But uh, but it, it's what I want to talk about is the most important thing. The most important thing, not an important thing. Greater than anything else is knowing and loving Jesus. And in the New King James Version, it says, As the deer pants for water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. For the living God, when shall I come and appear before you? The psalmist has got this, this great yearning that he wants. He wants God. His soul Pants. I don't know if you've seen uh, a deer when they get thirsty, but you know they, they begin to pant because they need water. And he says, my soul is like that. My soul longs for God. It knows it, it can't be satisfied without him. In Psalm 63, verse 1, Again in the New King James. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly 
or early in the, in the rendering, but in the NIV it's earnestly will I seek you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. No water. But I need, I need that. And it's not that just, these shouldn't be just rare spasmodic experiences in my life. I say humbly to each one of us that you were created to be satisfied by God and God alone. There is no substitute, yet man has always sought for substitute. There is nothing but God that can satisfy your soul this morning. And you might cry out, whoa, hang on a minute, Ian, it's all right for you. You don't know my circumstances. You're not wearing my shoes. You're not carrying the stuff I'm carrying. How dare you? You know, sometimes yearning for God through tears and pain, loving God despite what you're going through, is maybe the door you need to go through to receive what God wants for you. So what I'm saying now is, is, isn't, I don't believe, isn't just for one or two to maybe cherry pick this morning that that's, that's all right, that's for me today. Psalm 27 verse 4 says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the, the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple, or to seek him. Psalm 119, verse 148. My eyes are awake through the night, that I may meditate on your word. This hunger for God, this passion for him, has no place for passivity. Passivity shouldn't be part of my makeup. I can't be passionate and be passive. I must be something other than that. I remember the first days when I became a Christian. Amazing days. It was that I was blind and I could see. I knew it. I was blind and yet I could see. I was lost, and I'd been found. I'd found no one. Someone had found me. And he had made himself known to me with all his grace through the amazing love of Calvary. I was done in. I was done out. I was done up. I was done in every single way by the unrelenting love of Christ that had hounded my life and caught up with me at the age of 27. I can remember the joy that filled my heart. Oh, the joy 
the joy that compelled me. I was working in Brentwood at the time, and I used to go to St. Thomas's church at lunchtime. I just wanted somewhere quiet where I could read the word and just feel, oh, it was so wonderful. This passion that was birthed within me was not of me. It was so alien to me. I'd be in the brewery tap drinking, not in St. Thomas's church, with the word of God. I remember part of that time we were developing computer systems for other companies and there was a, a company in Newcastle and I used to travel up to Newcastle for days and stay up there and uh, I'd go via King's Cross Station and uh, I'd get to King's Cross Station and I'd go in a cafe where prostitutes would, would, would go early in the morning and I'd start witnessing to them. Yeah, that's where I wanted to be. Some I wrote to. It was such a joy to have this Jesus and have this, this Jesus that I wanted to share with the world. I'd witness at work. And slowly, my soul, imperceptibly, no longer was that Did I thirst after God? I'd lost something of that joy. Psalm 149 says, Let Israel rejoice in her maker. Let the children of Israel be joyful in their king. Rejoice in our maker. I just love worship. Oh, thank you so much this morning. You gave us a platform to express something within us that we needed to express to God. Amen? Wasn't that good? We, need, we needed, I, I, we were created above everything else to, to express our love to God. Rejoice in my maker. And then that, that, that psalm goes on in verse 3 to say, praise his name with dance. There's something in my... Um, I've got two left feet, Carol. You can say amen to that, can't you, Carol? Yeah? Say amen. Yeah? I have two left feet, but there's, when we worship, there's something in me that becomes a dancer. I just want... And, and that, that, uh, let them praise him with timbrel and harp. Or the, it says, Zamar, make music to him. The psalmist praised with dancing. His joy was so, so great. It took his whole body to give adequate expression of his joy for God. To be overcome with joy. And you say, oh, you can say again, don't go that way. You know, that's all right for you. You might be in a good place, but I'm not in that place. I say you give joy, the sacrifice of praise. You make it happen because he is worthy. Who is your master? Is it the way you feel? Is that going to be the terms of our, of our agreement to worship God? 
When I feel good, I'll do it. When I don't, I won't. Well, when you don't, you won't, and you'll stay in that won't state. There is power in praise. There's victory in praise. Praise breaks through barriers. Praise changes things. There's power within us as we connect with God Almighty. Hallelujah. We can be overcome with all sorts of stuff. Overcome with sadness. Overcome with depression. Overcome with grief. Why don't I choose to become overcome with joy? I'm going to move to raise our hands. Move to move a little bit. Should we have freezed emotion out of church? I tell you what, a couple of Wednesdays ago, I was watching BT Sport. And I was watching my beloved Tottenham Hotspur tour with Ajax. And then in the 96th minute, something wonderful happened. Lucas Moira scored his third goal. Did I sit there impassively? My arm was, yeah, my arm was still in its sling in that, on that evening. I shot out of the chair. Why is that just about me and Tottenham? Surely not. C.S. Lewis said, we have a terrible concern for good taste, talking about church. David didn't have that when he danced in front of the, at the return of the, of the tabernacle. The psalm's full of emotion, intensity of joy, tears shed over sin, a wonderful passion for God. You know, we can become caught up in such a, theolog- a theological system where obedience is key. Now, anyone can shoot me down now because I'm going to say things that you need to understand why I'm saying them because obedience is important. If anyone loves me, he will obey me. Obedience is important, but love comes before obedience. Love makes obedience possible. Love makes obedience a joy. If it's just, I need to obey, and then it shows some token of love to God, is the cart before the horse. We can end up with some sort of anemic Christianity. We can resist sin, obeying God, yet my heart is bound, absolutely bound. I used to preach that love is a matter of will because it was a commandment. There's a command to love. Therefore, it must be an act of my will. I need to break my will to love. Hey-ho, that was so wrong. It's a matter of a heart, love. In Deuteronomy, it says, love with all your heart, soul, and mind. Heart is first. 
If I'm only living as a Christian to obey God, I'm going to be the most miserable Christian on the face of this earth unless I love him first. With all of my heart. Not partially, not in part, but I love him with a passion. Because he loved me with a passion. Romans 6.17 You have come to obey me from your heart. Jeremiah 31.33 I will write my laws where? In your mind? No, he didn't. He said, I'll write my laws in your heart. In your innermost being. And there's an irony, isn't there? That we started this way with this great passion for God. It's happened for denominations. They go cold. You and I can go cold. We can be in church, but are we in love with Jesus? She did fall in love with him. We loved his word, loved his ways, nothing else mattered. I'd love to be in prayer meetings. You think, oh, you are nutty. But I would. And I was unaware of it going, slowly fading, growing cold. Other responsibilities come upon our lives. And as a pastor, it can be replaced by service. All of a sudden, we talk about going to church. That somehow going to church is something, and it is important. Otherwise, I'd be here on my own, wouldn't I? But it is. But church is not the thing I worship. It's not, I, I, I do love church, but it's not the thing ultimately that I, I, I love and worship. It's the one who made church to be what it is and inspired church to be the body of Christ. In themselves, other things are good. But you can love Jesus too little in comparison, and it's, it's a deception. Study the Bible. You can love the Bible more than you love the author of the Bible. Do you know that? No. Knowing the Bible is, is not the same as knowing God. Somehow I'd, I'd know I'd know something about Shakespeare by reading all of the, his writings and books and, and plays, but I should know him by meeting him. I could only love him by meeting him. Reading's not the same as hearing. The Pharisees knew. They knew and loved the Torah. They did. But look where it got them. I can talk more about the Bible than I do about Jesus. I can say that doctrine is more important than right. All these things are important, but they're not the, they're not the prime thing. It's preaching is what I'm doing. More important than modelling my life before other people. So easily seduced that my moral behaviour 
I can put before Jesus. And then I become filled with self-righteousness. Jesus would say, you strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. You're clean on the, the cups, clean on the outside, but inside it's full of greed, self-indulgence. You're like a whitewashed tomb. Outside's beautiful, but inside's in clean, unclean, full of dead man's bones. This amazing thing that God has done for you and me that's drawn us together, hallelujah. This wonderful, wonderful sacrifice that he gave that I might be born again and that I might drink living water. Is anyone thirsty? He cries. Is anyone thirsty? Then let him come to me and drink. The invocation of Jesus. We can put feelings, our emotions, before Jesus. We can put worship before Jesus. We can worship, worship. We can have faith in, in faith. In all these things, we've missed the mark. Put social gospel before Jesus, caring for the sick and the poor. They're all good, laudable, and necessary things. And Jesus, at the close of his ministry, picks Peter out of the crowd and says, Hey, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? The most important thing that Peter needed to know is his confessed love for God, his love for his son. Do you love me more than these? Then you follow me. You don't follow me because I'll make you. You follow me because you love me. And the more you love me, the closer you'll get to me. And the more I'll be able to do what I need to do in your life and through your life. We need to teach others and our families to love Jesus. I talk to myself now. I need it more than anything to be a lover of Jesus. Yeah, I'm a, I go to the Baptist church. I'm part of the Baptist church. I've got a role in the Baptist church. They're lovely, wonderful things. But above that is I love Jesus. I love him and I, I should love him unashamedly. Before friends, before family, before the world. Who are you? John would say, I'm, I, I'm the one who Jesus loved, but he would echo that he loves Jesus. See, Jesus is not a doctrine. He's not a theology. He's not a ministry. He's not the church, either though he's the head of the church. He's the son of God. He's the saviour of the world. He's the everything, the, the, the names of Jesus in the Bible. We could run through lots of them. Is to be put above all things. A doctrine didn't die for me. A theology or a constitution does not control my destiny. Anything in place of Jesus is an idol. Loving ministry must never replace loving Jesus. Having a role in church must never replace loving Jesus.
witness, cultivate a passion. You know, my or your passion for Jesus would inspire you to great things far beyond anything you can imagine. Not to blindly obey as a servant, which is duty, but as a son or daughter. For the joy of pleasing the one you love. To walk the extra mile because you love him. To turn the cheek because you love him. To sacrifice because you love him. To praise through pain because you love him. To go on either that people reject you because you love him. To get up and shake your dust off your feet when you failed because you love him. To testify because you love him. To put your arm around someone today because you love him. The verses in the Psalms show that the psalmist has a passion, a hunger and a longing. As the deer thirsts for streams of water, so my soul thirsts, thirsting after God. If the Old Testament saints could say that, and yet they didn't know the grace to the measure that you do, they didn't understand Calvary to the measure you do, They didn't experience the effects of Calvary and all that it could impart, like you do. They didn't receive the Holy Spirit in the measure that you have. How much more should we thirst for him and love him? How much more? I'm going to close now. It was in 2001... Uh, our son had um, just come back from uh, being in Canada on a, a discipleship course. And uh, it was great. It, and he, he wrote a, a series of songs about coming back to Jesus. In fact, there was a, something that he, he put on a, a, um, an, a series of evenings about entitled Coming Back, and he wrote some songs, and and this is one of them. And I'd like us, if we can, Alan, if we can just close our eyes, and it's not professionally made, but just listen to the heart of what... It's it's called a song of love. And the, the, the essence of it, he doesn't want to sing to Jesus like he used to. He wants to sing from a bedrock of love he wants this love for God, he wants an authenticity in his life and I trust it could be for you and me that we just want to be real cut out all the nonsense cut out all the stuff of thinking we have to be anything or that we've got to win favour of other people we just got to love him and when you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, loving Jesus, everything else begins to fall in its place. Father, 
Sometimes in my life and our lives you cut stuff away. And Father, you allow us to see things clearly as they are. And I pray for each one, there'll be a this time. This time for me. This time for my brothers and sisters. Father, we, we can't well up in us the thing. We, we can't make love happen. Father, we need just a fresh revelation of you. We love you because of you. So, Father, by your Holy Spirit, would you impart Lord, living water? Father, may, may our hearts thirst and long after you. May, Father, you come in, in all your glory. Father, this is just an individual thing between me and you and everyone and you, Father. Lord, that we may love you as we should. We thank you, Father. We thank you. Because in that love, it cannot fail. It cannot fail. So we thank you in Jesus' name. May your blessing rest upon this, your church, the body of Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless